How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Devin the Bird. Let's just get right into it. I want to introduce our guests one more time. Back again with Caleb. Howdy ho. How's it going? Guess who's back without pants? <laughs> and there's Zach right there. The reference to Butt Naked Wednesdays. Except for this is just Pantsless Sunday. I still have my shirt All on right. like Winnie the Pooh. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just shirt cocking it or what? Yep. Yeah, just any shirt cocking it. <laughs> There you go, cool. And so, uh, at least you covered up a little bit, right? You're welcome. And so, it looks like you sat in gum, but it's whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, so uh, just go ahead and get right to it. Uh, this past weekend's card was uh, UFC Fight Night, Font versus Cody Garbrandt. And so, uh, there were some good things out on the prelims. Uh, we saw Chris Barnett make his UFC debut. Uh, if you kind of keep up with the original circuit, or anything like internet related MMA wise on YouTube, you've probably seen him. He's the five foot nine, two hundred sixty five pound man who jumps around like he's in a fucking kung fu movie. Like, yeah. um, so that's a big man to be jumping around, dude. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're five nine, right? I'm five eleven. Five eleven, but so. I don't weigh near as much. So um, he's he's just a big boy. Like he just <laughs> he went in there, he fought. Uh, ben Rothwell and uh, we hadn't seen Big Ben in the win column in a little while, and he had been he was recently suspended by USADA, so he went in there and um, he's trying to pick up this win against him. And the first round was we saw Chris Barnett kind of do what he does. He goes in there, he, he uh, he's very quick punches. He throws a lot like quick barrages, and then he also throws leg kicks. You really don't see heavyweights throw very many leg kicks, yeah. but he was pretty active with them. But but, I mean, before, like, three-minute mark of that first round, they were both gassed. Yeah, honestly, for for Chris Barnett to come in and have to fight Ben Rothwell, that's a very tall order. Yeah. And Ben, and, and ben Rothwell, just because he is a giant man. Um, and for a heavyweight fighter, he is very solid. Um, I wouldn't say he's really extraordinary in anywhere in the fight. No. But he's very good at what he does, which is standing up and hitting you hard. Um, so he's kind of a natural heavyweight in that aspect, but, uh, Chris Barnett just couldn't, he couldn't get in on him. He spent the whole fight, all of his energy, he, ex- he expelled trying to get in on Chris, uh, on Ben Rothwell and he just couldn't do it. And Ben Rothwell's very used to being able to do that to guys. So it was no, uh, hard task for him to beat up on a guy from the outside until he could get the finish. Yeah, in the second round. So to recap from the last episode, for right. anybody who's forgotten that I don't keep up with any of this, this right. is all Greek to me. I love it, but I just don't go out of my way to watch it. Right. Um, this this fight happened this weekend. Yeah. Between these two gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. This this is exactly what I was talking about last time. Was mm. was just big, meaty men just. Yeah pummeling each other and it just it brings fun to the sport those yeah. big boys right there and the thing is too though is you know like you take it like we talk about like chris barnett's only five foot nine and uh i mean mm-hmm. no matter how much conditioning he does he's still carrying around that weight at that size and he's trying to exert like because he's he's a, i'm sure he hits hard um but it's probably a difficult to hit somebody who's like almost a whole foot taller than you to go Damn. up and try to punch them as hard as you can you're kicking him in the leg and so it's just um, and Ben Rothwell just kind of ate everything he threw. He looked tired as well, though. He looked pretty out of it, but he's a big dude. He just was able to put his size on him and just wear him down, just walk him down the whole time. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it was just kind of what so, we expected, you know, with a big Ben fight. Some yeah. of these, some of these, these 
little moments with them that I'm watching are are kind of sloppy. Yeah, almost oh, kind of yeah. almost kind of like grade so school. That's type how of... you know you're watching a um, a heavyweight fight that is outside of the top five. Yeah, because it gets this is very this is this is sloppy. the norm. Yeah. Um, heavyweight fights. Holy kind moly, of he are... is a lot bigger than him. Yeah, sorry uh, to interrupt. You're but good. That I, I'm finally seeing them upright, standing next to each yeah, other. Yeah, that's a that's a big guy. Um, but heavyweight heavyweight fights, the longer they go on, the sloppier they get. Typically, yeah. they're notorious for either being wildly exciting mm-hmm. or incredibly boring. Like you can you can see, <laughs> this man is is already winded. Look like like those swings right there. Yeah, you know that's that's all he's got left in the tank. Yeah, um, and again, Ben Rothwell's very good. He's been doing this a long time, so he knows I'll just wait for my chance because yeah. he'll be there. Um, and he did, and he ended up getting the submission win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a rare submission. Uh, they called it uh, uh, it's a go-go type submission. Mm-hmm. I don't. But um, what's the difference between that? It doesn't matter. Essentially, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the, what the deal is is uh, you look at Chris Barnett or Chris Barnett, and the reason he tapped is just because he couldn't breathe too much to begin with. He yeah. was already so exhausted from yeah. the fight that the second someone puts their weight on his neck, he's gonna start suffocating. Okay, so it has nothing to do with like go-go disco style. It's just. <laughs> Uh, yeah okay so but what i've always found crazy is you have guys like chris barnett um and he, he's gonna he's gonna leave a mark one way or, the, or another uh for his run in the ufc but yeah. you have guys like him who are built the way he is um and then you have guys like sean jordan who are built almost similar just like an inch taller yeah um but the way that sean jordan fought was just outstanding um, watch this guy fight. Uh, he's a guy in the black trunks. <clears throat> and that's Derek Lewis that he's beating up right there. That's, that's Derek Lewis from Houston. It's our boy. Top three um, heavyweight in the world right now. He, yeah. He went at it as soon as he was on top of that guy. Yeah. Did you see the kick that he landed though? No, I, mi- I missed that. I was, um, I was trying so to discern who Sean was who. Jordan is known for his wild kicks. That dude gets, that landed. gets the, his legs up in the air like no one else. Um, and for being someone of his, his shape uh, yeah. is, is his impressive. Stature. Yeah. So when you look at a guy like, uh, Chris Barnett, it's kind of like, okay, you're going to have to bring something cool to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't like, you're going to fizzle out because you're not, if you can't handle Ben Rothwell, you're not going to handle anyone yeah. in yeah. the top 10. Cause Ben Rothwell is on his way out. And he well. does a backflip. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Jordan's freakish, freakishly athletic, but if you looked at him, you wouldn't expect it at all. Yeah. It's like those viral videos of like the 300 pound dudes doing acrobat stuff. And yeah. It's like, how? Yeah. yeah. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be on your feet. I'm, a, you know, I'm a tiny man and I don't dare do those type of things. And that's what, like, watching uh, the fight, like, Barnett was exhausted by the time he got into that second round. He's, he's breathing heavy, yeah. throwing nothing but haymakers. So, was going against somebody with a reach disadvantage. He has a reach disadvantage already against uh, Ben Rothwell. Ben Rothwell walked in there, just threw a clean uppercut right through one of those hooks, dropped him, and they got that choke and then finished the fight. And, and, and they're, they might be the same weight class, but yeah. you could tell that there was a, a definite difference in their body types. Yeah. Like he was, um, who who was the man so, who well, won? Ben Rothwell. That's ben what Rothwell. I said. I said that Ben Rothwell is a natural heavyweight. Yeah. Chris Barnett is not. He's that's... he's just in the weight class. Yeah. And and you could see that. Okay. And God love him for going out there and trying. But if 
if all you got on you is is the ass and not the muscle behind it, man, like that that just ain't gonna cut it. There's there's another fighter, um, uh, uh, Pat Barry, who Sean Jordan has actually fought. Pat Barry is what five ten, and that dude is yep. jacked, um, very successful. He's a, a kick, kickboxing champion, very, and very goofy. He's funny. He's but, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but he was very successful when he was in the UFC. Uh, even being outmatched in every single one of his fights. I think a few of his fights, he had to have been seconds away from winning and just got caught. <clears throat> his Czech Congo fight was yep. hard to pissed, watch. Uh, if I pissed me off so He's much. knocking Czech Congo to the floor left and right, and mm-hmm. the ref just isn't stopping it. And anytime Czech Congo got up, his legs are wobbly, and Pat Berry catches him again. He falls right back down. And um, Czech Congo ends up, catching pat barry once and the ref stops it, it was, and check congo is awesome he's fun to watch but just to see what pat barry was doing to this guy and the ref was just like eh, this is okay right <clears throat> and so yeah it's just uh what's it called i was surprised that the fight went on so long he um what's that pat barry he damn he, Pretty much knocked him out like three times in that fight right there. And uh, it, it's kind of like that one fight that we watched where the guy fell to the ground. And yeah, it, it it was a knockout, but he he just he happened to up. get yeah, yeah like, like this. This yeah. is this is number three right here. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Pat Berry is about your height. <clears throat> which one? Is, which one is Pat Berry? The one that's, in that's the he's the one be, he's okay. one beating up yeah. on him right now. And then he gets caught once, and understandably the ref stops it. But it's like really, and and he is out, out. <clears throat> yeah, he's he not fumbled cold. to the ground, and it wakes him up yeah. and goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So it was just like I was. It's it was crazy to see to be that excited for Pat Barry in that moment. Uh, see him drop someone like Czech Congo three, four times, and then get dropped, get knocked out. And I was like, are right, you come on, yeah. come on. Um, the ref did a decent job. I'm not, I, I complained because it was like, it's crazy to see someone get knocked down four times roughly yeah. and the fight not get stopped. And then him immediately stand up and knock the other guy out right there. It's okay to say that the ref did a shit job. Well, he did. The ref, he, he, the ref isn't going to cancel you or anything. If anything, that, like <laughs> he might not come on my podcast. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, with, with the, back to that, the, the Barnett fight, I think what Barnett needs to, he needs to really start taking his conditioning a lot more serious. Yeah, and that's why I'm showing Pat Berry. Yeah. Pat Berry, very similar situation where he's not a natural heavyweight, um, but he made it work for mm-hmm. him yeah. and his body style. And if, Chris Barnett wants to be competitive at heavyweight. He's going to change something, or he's got to change something. Has yeah. changed his diet, man. I mean, I think what it was is his conditioning. Because Ben Rothwell can't keep up with the condition. He's not a very, he's not, he's not very good condition either. No. When he fought Ovin St. Prue, and even though he beat him, I mean, he was gassed as well. Ovin St. Prue is a light heavyweight uh, fighter, so he weighs at two hundred five. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to heavyweight, it's from two hundred six to two sixty five. That's the range. You can be anywhere between that. So Ovin St. Prue was like, hey, I want to go to heavyweight. I've already fought for a long time. I lie heavyweight, tired of cutting weight. And so granted, I mean, whenever guys rush into that, that move up so quick, their conditioning isn't really the same. Because they're granted, they're pretty, pretty much the same size. They're just one of the guys cutting weight down to 205 and one guy's not pretty much. And whenever they went in there and fought, like Ovin's was gassed because, you know, it's hard to keep that conditioning whenever you're not cutting that weight. You're not used to you know, that kind of style. But I mean, Ben Rothwell was exhausted that fight. And then yeah. you saw it even in this fight, he was, it was more, really more just Chris Barnett being more tired than him. But, uh, Ben Rothwell was able to defend those flurries, flurries of punches. 
and stuff like that. And um, I mean, it's just I think Chris Barnett can be really fun, but he just there's a lot of things he has to change. Because like like he talked about Pat Barry, Pat Barry pretty much the same height, but he was solid. He was solid yeah. as fuck. Yeah. And and it, and if you want to go into that discussion and say, yeah. well, he was actually much more much more of a muscular build. Look at Roy Nelson. Mm-hmm. Tell me, Roy Nelson didn't uh, belong in the that heavyweight division. That dude had a gas tank. He belonged yeah. in the heavyweight division. Roy big country, you know, big country. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very much belonged in the heavyweight division. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was very good at what he did. One of the few heavyweights who had a very strong grappling game and a very strong chin, so mm-hmm. he could stand and fight with anybody um, and take you down and win the fight. Uh, so yeah, Chris Barnett's going to have to make some changes because you look at that fight and how exhausted they were. Mm. The one of the other fights on the in the card that was a heavyweight fight, Justin Taffa and Jared Vandera. Um, you look at their fight and it went to decision. I wouldn't say that they weren't tired after their fight, but they yeah. weren't they weren't exhausted. No. Um, I th- I don't know if they could have gone another round like that, but no. it was a pretty solid fight. They were both fighting. Yeah. It was. It was pretty back and forth. Um, I don't. It was. It was a unanimous decision. Yeah. So it's again. Yeah, all three judges had it for Jared Vendera. Yeah. If we're gonna, when we get into that fight, like it was, uh, Justin Toffoli. We're getting into it. We're getting, okay. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, so we're going right into. Let me go ahead and just. This is your it was, ticket. <laughs> so it was uh, Justin Toffa and uh, Jared Vendera. Jared Vendera won by unanimous decision. Um, it was a good fight, though. I enjoyed the fight. I thought it was good. You saw two heavyweight fighters who just kept moving forward. Um, you know, I mean, at one point you see Jared Vandera, he's moving his head real well. You don't really see a lot of that and with uh, the heavyweight division. There's a lot. Of, sometimes there's a little bit of stiffness with these guys. Yeah. And so, um, but Jared Vandera was also throwing leg kicks consistently. He was mixing it up. He was really utilizing his kickboxing, and it looked good. He did have a really nasty cut that I mean, it looked like he was wearing a, another shirt, like a red shirt. He was oh, covered. Yeah. He was he's, covered in blood. He was cut like about right here along his temple, mm-hmm. and it was just covering his face, and it went down on his, across his chest and down his stomach. I'd, I'd immediately, I'd immediately step down. I'd be like, yeah. "You win, you win," because <laughs> I, I am not touching that. My favorite thing was the ref was like trying to, because yeah. it was obvious that he had blood all over his chest, but mm-hmm. the ref couldn't see the cut. Whenever there's a cut really, really bad, they'll you typically stop the fight if it's really that bad. But it wasn't in his look at it. It wasn't in his vision, so it wasn't like to where like, hey, we need to stop it. And it wasn't a big cut, so the ref is like le- Mark Smith is like leaning over, like like pretty much like like in a like a like a stretch, like lunging to he his was side. In a power stance. He was he, yeah, leaning as far to the right as he could. Like if to he try had a, if, around. if, if yeah. he had on some fucking New Balances and a pair of like dad shorts, it'd be perfect. Like he <laughs> yeah. was in it. He was in a power stance. And why does that sound familiar? And so like it almost happened like within the past 15 minutes. <laughs> and so he, uh, he went and did that and, uh, it was just really funny, but it was a good back and forth fight. Even going into the third round, like they had a good gas tank. That's yeah. the kind of fights. Cause you saw Justin Toff of anything look better in the third round, like look more conditioned in the third round than he did in the first round. And so, um, what do you think? Weird. What do you think causes that? Oh, because that? You, you would think, uh, as far as conditioning, looking better right. in the third round, after mm-hmm. running around, getting tuckered right. out, getting getting hit quite a few times, yeah. why would you look more conditioned in the third round than you would in the first? Some if, guys are typically slower starters. Uh, uh, that that's that could be a thing like Dustin Poirier. Like he even says he's a bit of a slow starter. And it, it, I think what it all comes down to is a mental thing. Yeah. It's not so much your conditioning; it's a mental thing. Yeah. Um, Leon Edwards is a slow starter. Yeah. Um, and he's he'll be the first one to tell you, yeah, those first few rounds I might be a little boring, but once I figure everything out. 
I'm turning it on. Oh, okay. So it's like a like a conservation yeah. of, of energy. As, to... Especially when you might be losing that fight. If you might yeah. be losing that fight, you know, as a competitor, you know, if you don't go in there and turn it on in that last round, yeah. then you're going to lose. Um, yeah. And Justin Toffa has been around the block. He knows the deal. He mm-hmm. knows if I don't go in there and finish this fight, that might be it for me. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think Justin Toffa lost this fight. That's yeah. uh, 0-2 in the UFC. Uh, or is it? Oh, he, he's one and two. He's one and three in the UFC. One and three. Okay. Yeah, he's he's coming off of a loss right now. Do we have a do we have a do we have a clip of this? Of this fight? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up for you. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, but see, was, and, what's up? and for for the uh, the comment about um, you know the the how to say the agility right of of these bigger fighters you mm-hmm. usually see them just landing hit after hit on each other just like the last fight y'all were speaking of oh yeah. wow there he is yeah you weren't kidding he's got like a red apron on and that's like right whenever so that cut started off like that and it looked a lot worse because how thick the blood was right there and it yeah. was just like such a solid part of the head it was like man that has to be a big cut but yeah. uh when he saw it i mean it probably had, maybe had to be uh from anywhere from a quarter inch to a half inch and um, it was it wasn't too bad, but I mean it was it was just a lot. It was just whenever you get cut in the head, you're gonna yeah. bleed a lot in the face. You know? And then and then of course you're riled up, the adrenaline's pumping, so your yeah. blood's gonna be exactly thinned yeah. up. And but you know it 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 it's just crazy that previous fight we were just looking at big guys, you yeah. know, just kind of just kind of taking it on the chin and going. And that's yeah. that's what I like to see is just you know two hulking men just yeah. knocking each other silly. But when y'all are talking about like agility coming into it and maneuvering and everything like that, especially with these bigger guys, I think yeah. that that does add a bit of excitement because it's you fun. Would, you it's wouldn't fun, expect yeah. it. You would expect it from a, a smaller weight class. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just kind of that that ballerina hippo from Fantasia all over again. <laughs> and so it was just, uh, you know, I I really like Justin Vandera, uh, Van Vendera. 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 I think, I'd, I think uh, during the fight they had said it two different ways, uh-huh. but the way that they said it the most was Vendera. Did they call him the Mountain during? No. So I wasted my breath on that one. Uh, well, when they when they uh, introduced him for the fight, yeah, I'm sure they did, but uh, I'm sure they did. I looked actually. that up. I spent time, valuable time, <laughs> looking that up to but, sound um, smart. Well, anyway, I think uh, I think a cool matchup would be um, Chris Barnett and Justin Taffa. Yeah, they lost on the same card. Make it happen. I mean, Let you know, them fight. Uh, especially because I think Justin Toffa will fight into, not into um, Chris Barnett's style, like fight, but more of his style. It could be like, okay, yeah. let's stand up. You know, Ooh, there it and, is. Um, yeah, man, it's it's a bad, it's a lot of blood. I was like, man, and you see that they were able to kind of clean it up and get because like eventually it stops bleeding once it clots up. You know. Yeah. And uh, as soon as the, as the third round started, I believe like uh, they went out there and. Justin Toffa took advantage of it. It's not a bad thing to do, but people do it like, okay, you have a cut and I'm losing the fight. I'm going to keep punching you in that cut to make it bigger. Because eventually they'll stop the fight. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to do my very best. If I don't just straight up bow out right there because I don't want your blood getting on me, Yeah, I'm going to try to knock you out as quick as possible because if I have more of your blood on me than I have my (laughs) blood on me, I'm going to get pissed. So I would have knocked him out as as quick as possible just to... Stop touching him. 
But. Yeah, it was it, for me. I really enjoyed this fight. It was not what I expected at all uh, coming into this. Uh, I knew who Justin Toffa was. I didn't know who Justin Vandero now is. I didn't know who he was, but now I know who he is, and I'll be definitely be watching his next fight because uh, I just think he just showed good Christmas for being a heavyweight. He uh, showed that he's very agile for his size, but crispness is that what? Oh, I thought you said. I thought you, said, I thought you said Christmas. Oh fuck! And I didn't want to be that guy in the middle of a show to go. Is that a new saying? Yeah. But here we are. Because he's light, he's fucking lighting people up like it's Christmas, man. Look at that <laughs> shit. <Polish> Christmas tree. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, man, it just it was an all around good fight. And then uh, we saw Court McGee finally get a win. It had been yeah. a little while for him. Uh, yeah. We talked with you a little bit about him. He's a former heroin addict. One of the yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. And the one who who really wanted it because yeah. he had his his and, uh, reasons. Yeah, and he uh, he had an all around good fight though, mm-hmm. and he uh, he showed really good conditioning. He third round he was getting tagged up though in the third yeah. round until he got it to the he ground. was he was real pumped to get that win though. He seemed yeah. real excited. So I don't know if he uses that to try to come back for another fight. I don't see Court McGee putting together a title run. No, um, no. I I would hope that he understands that. Yeah. And doesn't make too big uh, call outs anytime soon. Uh, but if he can he call well someone out to have a very cool fight, mm-hmm. I think that'd be good for him. He he should, he looked like he was in great shape, like he's ready for this fight. He, he did, he's yeah. been he's always got good cardio. He's yeah. always got he's always ready to fight. Yeah, uh, whether it takes all the all rounds or if he can go in there and get the finish. I think when I think of just Court McGee, I, I think of him at middleweight at one eighty five, and yeah. he fights at one seventy. That's just he's been at one seventy for years now. But yeah, it's just when I think of Court McGee, I just think of the short, stocky guy because he was a smaller middleweight. Um, but yeah, he just came in there, man, and uh, he talks about after the fight, he said that his neighbor is a 70-year-old lady and her husband just passed away. And he said that they were really nice people and she was she she went up to him before his fight, before he left for his fight, and she was like, be sure to smash that guy's face in. And he was like, I did not expect that out of a seven-year-old lady, so I had to make her proud and come and do that, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it was, it was definitely good to see him coming back in the win column. Um, it's just kind of hard with somebody who's been around for a while who's kind of been back and forth with wins and losses and to see where he lies next, you know? Yeah. He again. He's not. He's. I don't see him being a top ranked guy anytime yeah. soon or ever really. Um, there was a. There was that time when they asked. Uh, they they told Chael Sonnen like, oh, "Do you you see Travis Brown fighting for the title?" And he <laughs> laughed. He goes, "Can you imagine? Oh, or are we live? Oh no, <laughs> no, I don't." Uh, that's kind of oh. how I feel about Court McGee. Like, yeah. do I see him fighting not just t- title, but like top ranked guy? Or top mm-hmm. ten ranked guy? No. And luckily, we're not live right now, so you can always <laughs> edit this out. I won't though. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it was good to see that. So uh, we finally saw the middleweight fight that was canceled last weekend. And, yeah. Uh, we saw it happen uh, between your buddies uh, Jack Hermanson and Edmund Shabazian. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think we kind of got an idea of like who you could probably beat up now. And I think you could probably might be able to take Edmund Shabazian, dude. And I that's still that's don't think so. No, that's no. that's what <laughs> nah. I said last time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. 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 I I thought you were full of crock bullshit, but I had to like watch that fight to be like, okay, who could he like? Who's who's got better chances? And that's why we were playing the game, baby. And so uh, that's why we were playing the game. But no, nah, it was funny. But it was just uh, it was a good fight though, good back and forth. Oh, dude, um, if there ever was a razor thin mm. fight, I think it's that one because the first round you had Edmund just beating up on Jack Hermanson. Yeah, and then the second round you had Jack Hermanson go in there and immediately take him down. Up until about like almost the exact like middle halfway point of the second round, um, 
Shabazian reversed it and started looking real good. And then the third round comes in and Jack Hermanson and he takes over that fight because Edmund Shabazian's too tired to stop the takedown anymore. Yeah. So, which is what I talked about last time was, yeah, I feel like it's conditioning is going to be an issue. So it's just, it's crazy. Like one round definitely went to one guy. The last guy went to the other one or the last round went to the other guy. And that second round was really split right down the middle. Um, but I think it was a unanimous decision. All, all the judges mm-hmm. saw it for Jack Hermanson. Yeah. Um, it was 29, 27 all around. Yeah. So that means that what's his they, name? They um, really gave him that third round. Yeah. Um, uh, so the Jay- way th- Jamie, can you pull up a clip? <laughs> <laughs> the way that they, um, ex- they do rounds, they do like it's a 10, 10 point 10 system. Point system. Mm. So a 10, nine is probably the most common because that means that both the fighters were active. One was just a bit, better and more dominant than the other when you have a 10-8 round one guy did all of the work and the other guy was getting beat up on and trying to not get beat up on a 10-7 round is almost unheard of but a 10-7 round would be this guy like we saw pat barry mm. knocking down check congo left and right yeah if that was the whole round that'd be a 10-7 round so yeah. believe it or not there was a point in time because remember i told you back in like 2008 2009 i was getting into it i was actually weightlifting and and training and at a point i did i did want to actually get into fighting right but i don't like getting hit and could have hooked up with me i'll show you jujitsu that's how you don't get hit. Look, man, I'd love to be jacked, but like... You need to be jacked. I get... Every now and then I'm just like, you know what? I'm tired of doing this. I paint. And I even say, <laughs> I'm tired of painting. But at at some point in time, I actually knew the ins and outs of this point system. system. And at first, made no sense to me. Just like NASCAR. Like NASCAR point system... I used to know it backwards and forwards because my I dad. Know they had a point system. They do. Like you can come in tenth or twelfth and still win, is and it, it's and it's it's based on and if anybody is it over a series of races. It, I know in some instances like there's points that go to this thing, and then there's points that go to this race. So like if you're part of like a cup that is. I'm just going off of Mario Kart. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it there it does work like similarly similar to that. To that. Okay. And okay. and I remember I was sitting there one day and I, I was like, something. if I won the race, if I had hauled ass, my team was all Gucci. But they said, well, you didn't cut in front of that car, right? And it's like, I won, and twelfth place got it. Uh, yeah. But that's that was. And and from there it kind of bled into UFC. Asking, so you you would like the PFL. You would like the PFL. PFL is, um, well, this isn't how they work entirely, but they have a season instead of just fighters fighting throughout the year trying to become the champion. Mm-hmm. They have a season, which runs off of a point system. Um, you win a fight, you get three points. If you win by, if you finish the fight in the first round, you get a bonus three points. Second round, you get bonus two. Third round, you get bonus one. Um, if you fight, but you miss weight, you get minus one point. Um, oh, that's neat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's been a lot going on there. It's really exciting. There was uh, a whole issue with a guy who tapped, but it was a fake tap, um, and the ref didn't catch it. No, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it. So there's, it's called a phantom tap. You do it when you're trying to get the other guy to stop, 
and you try to hide it from the ref. So he like does this little behind the guy's shoulder and then starts punching him. Um, and he knocked the guy out and they originally gave him the knockout win. So he started off with six points and the other guy who was uh, a legend in the sport, Fabrizio Verdum, um, after the fight was like, yeah, he tapped and I let go and then he knocked me out. So it's kind of ridiculous. And they took it back, right? And they overturned it. So now both of them have one point. Get and fucked. some of the yeah. t- the top guys, there's one with six points and one with five points. So they're still a bit behind, but it's really cool. We can talk more about that another time. Yeah, um, for sure. Because that, really that, cool. that sounds that sounds interesting. It sounds yeah, like it, we, it, it, we talk about it throughout a few of our other episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at any of them with PFL in the title, that's when mm-hmm. we're talking about it. Um, it's really cool. It's very interesting. It's a kind of a new take. And I think what makes it really cool is if you lose a fight, it's it's not as like heartbreaking because um, you, you can always gain those you can points come back. back. It and, it it yeah. changes it from like an intensive grind of a sport into not to diminish it or anything like that, but it turns it into a game. It, it's yeah. kind of fun trying to like okay, I lost bit. this one, but let's see how I can catch back up. Yeah, see, uh, it gives you kind of more motivation for sure. Um, but it, it's just really cool. Um, but back to the card this past uh, Saturday. Um, one of the other fights was the um, Jan Shonen fight and Carla Esparza. Yep. And that one might arguably the, be the most exciting fight on the card. I think the only, maybe not the most exciting, but it might be one of the coolest finishes I think it was the, the best card. performance on the card. Um, I'd say one of the runners-up might be Bruno, Bruno Silva with his knockout. Forgot to mention that. That yeah. one was really freaking good. I, I'm going to see if I can pull that up. Um, but, uh, Jamie's Carla- got the clip. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, Carla Sparza, man, I mean, we talked about her. She was, she's five foot one. Yes. And, yeah. and I was saying Young that that, that was the, uh, that was the fight that, that I was most excited about yeah. because one, I like lady fighters and right. two, just seeing how petite they were, but there was still that definite one physique difference and two, the height difference. Yeah. And so we kind of saw that from the start, um, like right as soon as the fight started, like um, Carla Sparza, she's known as to as a grinder. Uh, Jan is more; she's more of a um, she's kind of a striker. She's very technical, but uh, she doesn't really like pressure enough to like she beats people decisively. But uh, Carla Sparza, it's very obvious what she's going there to do. She's going in there to grind you out, beat you up, tap you out, TKO you, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the fight started, uh, Carla went out there and just almost like speared her to the ground. Was like, no, nah, I'm getting that fucking takedown, and took her to the ground. Beat up on her. I uh, was working on an arm bar, I believe, right? It was an arm bar, right? And, uh, yeah, she was working on an she arm bar. She was on an arm bar at the end of the first. And, uh, Jan got up and it was just like, that was a strong, it was a, uh, that was a 10, I would say that's a 10 8 round. You know, yeah. uh, she was just putting in most yeah, of the work. She was putting most of the work. She was obviously winning. They stood up for a little bit in the fight, but, uh, even then, Carla Sparza was able to get around her range, get around that reach that uh, disadvantage she had. And uh, take her back down, and eventually she took her down and just um, ran down the elbow. She cut her up really, really bad. I mean, like they showed in slow motion, she drops an elbow down. You see the slice in slow motion, just blood starts flowing out, and then she just lands another, starts running, laying down elbows in the crucifix position. Yeah, for a little bit, which is when you have one arm pinned between your legs and then the other arm pinned up with your head and your arm so that you have complete free range to just start elbowing their head. Yeah, um, that's that's where it's down like that, and the arms coming up, right? Yes, but she had the mounted crucifix, which so she's on top. Okay. Yeah. Um, same idea though, 
But yeah, so there's the uh, Bruno Silva knockout. And let me show you the Carlos Barza fight, which again, I would sure these two were definitely the most uh, exciting performances of the night. Which it's also number three and four that was in the strawweight division. So the champions were Nama Hunes. That's Pat Barry's wife, actually. Oh. And um, have you ever seen Rose Namajunas fight? Uh, she's for somebody who fights at 115 pounds. She has fucking power. Like really? she's knocking, she knocks girls out, dude. Like she knocks women out cold. Well, and and, and you said she's with uh, who? The Pat Barry. Pat Barry. Yeah. Pat Barry. Yeah. So, yeah, y'all are sitting there training together. And yeah. Festering off. And she of has each a phenom- her her coach Trevor Whitman is in my, in my opinion right now is cool for coaching coach of the year right now, dude. Yeah, like, he really should be. He's done. He's won it multiple times in a row already. But uh, so the way Trevor Whitman is, he only picks he he picks the fighters he wants to train with. Mm-hmm. And he has a select few, and he'll take them into his gym, and then it's a really, really nice gym he has, and they'll just, um, and he just makes them into better fighters. Like Kamaru Usman, who's the current welterweight champion, he turned him into a striker, and that guy's a strict, like just strict. Uh, Khalid, re- he's a wrestler. Yeah. Um, he has a background in wrestling. Usually, when you have guys who are sh- very, very strong, physically strong wrestlers, which most of the time they are. Um, they fall in love with their hands and usually it's kind of a misplaced love. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, he's having success with it against phenomenal strikers yeah. because of his coach. He just knocked out Jorge Masvidal in his last fight. Um, Jorge Masvidal is the guy that landed that flying knee on Ben Askren that everybody like was five talking seconds. about for a while. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And he, Jorge Masvidal is a really good stand up, and I think... He's gotten a little uh, overconfident with his stand-up in the sense where he just like kind of toys with his – He it's playing with your food pretty much when he knows he has better stand-up and he got mm. caught for doing it. But uh, Kamar Usman has great boxing He got boxing what now. for doing it? He got knocked out for doing it. He oh. was kind of toying at him, kind of being a little cocky at the beginning of the first – like he – Kamar Usman was landing that right hand from the second that second fight started. Like when they rematched, he was landing the right hand. He was hitting him with it and – Corey Masvidal was just kind of eating it, like kind of toying with him a little bit, you know, like, oh, that, that's it, you know. And then eventually um, Kamar Usman just, like, yanks his front hand down, like Corey uh, Masvidal's arm down, and it just hits him with a clean right across the face. And, like, you see the water fly off of his head. Wow. And it was it was a beautiful knockout, but it was um, it was intense, man. But back to the, the Carlos Baza fight. I she think, sure does have a big old gash on her head. Yeah. She actually uh, also did want to bring up, she oh. has a win. I, th- I brought this up last episode. She has a win over Rose Nami Hunes. She's the first ever uh, strawweight, women's strawweight champion also. Carlos Sparza. Carlos Sparza mm-hmm. is. And so um, she defeated Rose Nami Hunes by rear naked choke. And uh, since then, their their careers in the UFC have gone different paths. You've seen Carlos Sparza win some, lose some, oh, win some, lose some. And yeah. then... Uh, after with um, Carla with Rosalind Hunas, she's a two-time strawweight champion. And the way it's looking though is like I think one and two is uh, Zhang Wei Li, and two is Joanna um, Yonjacek. And so is she still two? I I think she is. I might be wrong. I have a feeling. I would I'm... I would think so. She just her own her last loss was against to the champion. Yeah. Uh, so or well you know yeah, um, but she hasn't fought since. So I don't know if she's continued falling down the rankings or not. Yeah. But um So this puts her in title talks now though, man. I yeah, mean, you know I she think so. She didn't put on like a decision fight that she has been lately. Yeah, she went she out put there on and an she, exciting fight. Yeah. She went out there and she showed dominance. You want to see that in oh, she got a little shook there for a second when she got kicked in the face. Oh yeah. And um but yeah, I think you know, having a win over the current champion 
is uh, is a big deal. Yeah. But it, but it we've makes seen, for a good story we, too. We've seen Rose. Uh, she's developed so much as a fighter. Yeah. And so it's going to be a different story, I believe. When they do fight, because, I mean, who else can you deny, give the title shot to? You know? I'll say this, though. I think, unfortunately, if Carla wants to go in and win that fight against Rose, yeah. she has to make it a boring fight. She yeah. has to push her up against the cage and grind her down, because if you stay standing with Rose, you're, it's not going to go your way. And Rose is good at getting back up off, the, off of her back after getting taken down. So, I don't know. I think that fight's interesting, but it definitely does open her up for title talks. Yep. So... Onto the main event, we had uh, Cody Garbrandt and Rob Font. Rob Font won the fight by a very, very one-sided decision fight. When all five Wait, rounds, what was that? Um, Rob Font defeated Cody Garbrandt by a decision. No Ooh. one got knocked out, and I thought someone was going to be getting knocked out. And what did I say last time? What? That he was going to get it. <laughs> well, you said knockout, though. You said he was going to get knocked out. Did I say knockout yeah, specifically? You, you said... Um, you said all of that showboating, all of that um, yelling and screaming or something uh, is going to get you caught and you're going to get knocked out. That's how you get hit that way. Correct. And then you said, I don't know, you guys are kind of changing my mind. Um, but I, you, I, I did also say that <laughs> if I was wrong, I would change my mind after. You would play both sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, um, um, my boy still got it. So I mean, it was it was an okay fight. It was just if if you were going for Rob Vaughn, it was the fight that you wanted him to see him fight. But he it was different than what he usually does. He usually goes in there and he's trying to like fuck you up pretty much. Mm. Like he's trying to beat you up and he's just trying to get in your face and do all that. And but he fought very technical. He showed great boxing. He showed exactly what those New England guys are good at. And. Very technical boxing, great jabs. The entire fight was just yeah. jabbing him. He hit him with so many fucking jabs. I was like, dude, hit him with a right hand I maybe think once or twice. Cody's like, issue a- in that fight. I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, I think Cody's issue in that fight is he could just, he never was able to be Cody Garbrandt in no. that fight. And there were a few like glimpses of Cody yeah. Garbrandt in that fight. And he just didn't, he couldn't turn it on. He he kept toying with them, you know, doing that step back to the cage and kind of squatting down like he knocked out Rafael Sunsau. That one knockout we showed you in the last second. Yes. And so he kept kind of toying with them in the fight doing that. But um, you never saw Cody look good the entire fight until the fifth round. Yeah. And um, one of the things that was brought to my attention is uh, my buddy Jake had said, hey, well, um, you know, Mark Henry uh, had said, oh, you know Cody Garbrandt like he he broke himself but he found himself in this fight camp and Jake was like you know that means that he probably overexerted himself and probably just worked way too hard than he should have and uh I mean I agree with that though that's it's just one of those things where what happened for Cody to really not be himself in there like he had some good punches but he whenever he's backing up like I noticed a lot he's backing up a lot he drops his hands every single time and he does it well when he moves side to side when he's backing up, it's like, you know... I was it, literally it, just it, thinking that. Yeah, Not he, to cut you off, but I was, no. I was just observing yeah, that. Yeah, he backs up a lot, and the thing is, while he's doing it, he he almost like like stutter steps over himself trying to back up. And, yeah. Uh, it was like, well, man, what are you doing that's throwing this off so much? He had some good takedowns in the fight. Which is but, not usually his style. No. But he went in there and took him down. The first couple of rounds, anytime he, tr- he wanted to, he took him down. Yeah. After that, he was just a bit too tired to get it done. Yeah. And, um, you know, this was actually a really good moment. I yeah. loved the jujitsu right here. Oh, yeah. Um, Cody Garbrandt uh, was defending the Kimura from the bottom. Or, well, uh, Rob Font was going for the Kimura from the bottom. And I was like, yeah. So, what Cody's going to want to do is switch his leg over. And as soon as he started switching his leg over, Rob Font was ready for it. 
and he tried to counter, and then Cody Garbrandt countered by rolling over. Yeah, and they stood back up. I was like, that was beautiful. That 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 rollover was pretty tasty. It was nice, dude. It was yeah. cool. I and mean, you don't really see high level jujitsu out of two strikers like that. But yeah, it was it was really pretty to see. But yeah, man, it's just um, Rafan just had a great fight, you know. And this is definitely gonna put. It's he's in a weird position right now, you know, because with the title, because you have Petorian and Aljamain Sterling, they need to run it back. But Aljamain Sterling's out due to a neck injury. And then um, you have TJ Dillashaw and Cody Sanhagen. Uh, they're they're supposed to fight. Whoever wins that fight gets a title shot. But so what happens with Rob Font now? You know, it's like does he just sit around and wait for some fight? What's he exactly going to do? Because we're not going to see Aljamain Sterling back until next year. Yeah, honestly, and this is essentially this whole fight. Um, just a just a back and forth. Pretty back and forth. pretty back and forth. But Rob Font getting the better of it every single time, which is crazy yeah. because. How many times have I counted now that Rob Font's on the ground? All these times, it, it could what, it, but it could have been over real fucking quick. Those were mostly in the first couple of rounds. Yeah. Um, and every time Cody Garbrandt did get it down, the second he tried to advance position, he lost it. And yeah. Rob Font would get right back up to his feet. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that's a lack of uh, ground skills. Um, you could see it when he was defending that Kimura that he's got great ground game. Yeah. Um, but it might be a lack of experience on the ground, being able to hold someone down while still advancing. Instead of just um, knocking them straight out while they're, they're standing in front of you. But um, I think uh, what's it called? A lot of people were like, man, um, you know, I heard, I saw somebody say, well, since, uh, that Dominic fight, you've never seen Cody Garbrandt. Uh, Cody Garbrandt pretty much isn't, uh, isn't shit after the Dominic fight. Which I completely disagree with. I still think he's a talented fighter. I just think Rafon's better than him. You, you know, know what? I, that that looked like an entertaining fight. It, it uh, was. I'm gonna say because it it's not that in and out like I said in and out twenty seconds. Yeah. Okay. I may have been wrong a little bit, but yeah, twenty it, seconds versus twenty five minutes. Correct. But at least it was it was entertaining. There was a back and forth. There was uh, you know as y'all were saying there was there was beautiful choreography between the Whoa. two of them and 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 a nice uh, a display of the thing their about talents. when you call a fight back and forth is if you if it's a back and forth fight physically like they're constantly both mm. throwing punches at each other but one guy is getting the better of the exchanges every single time mm. it's not back and forth that guy's winning every single time and that's ultimately when it comes down to a decision fight yeah uh, or result that guy won yeah there is no back and forth um, it was back and forth visually, like when you're watching it. I was just about to so say it's, that. It's, it, it's just the observation of it. But, they're they're yeah. just exchanging, as the phrase goes, back and forth. Yeah. Clearly, you know, so, Rob so, so, getting the better of it. So it's, yeah. it's you, he, I know what you mean by back and forth, but just for the listener's sake, yeah. uh, back and forth, it, it wasn't back and forth in the sense of, you know, both guys had their moments. Uh, Rob Font had his moments. Cody Garbrandt had some moments early in the fight, but after that, he just couldn't get it going. Um, but yeah, so this is uh, the, the fight that, or the two fighters that Devin was talking about was um, Aljamain Sterling and uh, Pieter Jan. Uh, Jan was the former champion, uh, and this fight was for the belt, uh, and Aljamain Sterling won. Uh, but here in a minute, you'll see how he won. Um, legs. And. Peter Yan is something else. I don't think uh, Yan's black shorts. Yes, Sterling's ring. Um, I don't think. Uh, Tell me how I knew that one. Any of these guys uh, would really stack up to Peter Yan. He's too freaking good. 
Um, even in this fight, Sterling was just falling further and further away out of the fight. Um, and here's how it ends. Oh, I thought it was there. It'll be coming up. Um, what weight class is this? 135. Yeah, you can compete in this, Caleb. How tall are they? They're lanky. I want to say Aljamain is like 5'9". Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I think he's 5'9", and Jan is like 5'7". I or guess five, it's six. just the the way they're, five, you know, they they build their bodies or something because they, they look tall. Yeah. Something, I don't know if it's the shorts or no, what, but they... It's just very common because, uh, I mean, these fighters are, they oh. also cut down. And, um... So that fight ended with an illegal knee to the head. Um, and because it was so intentional... It was an immediate disqualification. Uh, typically, if it's a if it's an illegal strike, the ref will stop it, warn or warn and take a point away. Uh, but because but when it, it's it, intentional, yeah. especially to that extent, they say nope. nope that was that, that was it. That yeah. was almost like point blank execution style right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what made him think that that was even okay? His corner was yelling for it. Actually, yeah. His corner was yelling for it. And um, and, and the reason for that is he doesn't speak English. And so the referee told him not to throw it. Dude, he's like, watch that knee. Don't throw that knee. And even he had another guy in his corner who also speaks English. He's like, don't knee, don't knee. But then his guys in his corner, they said hit. But they, they're supposed to say, he said that they were saying hit. But a lot of people are like, no, they're saying knee in Russian. And uh, so he listened to what his natural, you know, language is. Yeah, so it, was he was a, like, it was a rocky situation. Yeah, he, so he listened to hit to knee in Russian. Mm. And then so he threw the knee and he caught, caught him with that knee. What makes that knee illegal mm. but if he's standing up and i grab you by the back of the head he's he's, ground, he's considered a grounded opponent mm. which this isn't illegal in mma this is illegal in the ufc um so and it depends on what state you're in so and i say state by geographic location mm-hmm. uh so when you have both knees on the ground in some states you could be considered a grounded opponent if you have both hands on the ground you could be a grounded opponent there are some states where if you have one hand on the ground, you're a grounded opponent. Which is funny because if if there's plenty of times where they're kind of like sardine canned. I don't want to... Crunched up a bit? They're 69 in, basically, no. on the mat. No, and wouldn't have got that. No, yeah, there, there was no better way to... I'm not going to do hand gestures because... <laughs> listeners can't see they they're 69 on the on the mat north, north that's south north south north yeah, south that's the position name yeah. north south we're changing it no, <laughs> we're no, taking not, it back no. <laughs> this is uh devin the bear after dark <laughs> i thought we put a disclaimer <laughs> anyways no north... i'm totally kidding we say fucking shit and all that stuff on here i was you about to say, say the numbers we we i we. i say fuck shit cunt piss all that all right so yeah. So, um, so if they're north south, they're north south, yes. and and I've seen plenty of times with where, where they're north south, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're giving me grandma eyes over here, man. <laughs> and I've seen plenty of times where they're kneeing each other in the heads in north south. Is it because when they're both down? No, 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 no. So what fights were you watching? Was it in Pride? Were they in like a like a wrestling? I don't know were they in like a wrestling so, ring? I don't know. They're orientation were there ropes on on the ring um i don't know man uh, like honest to goodness like i i've just so okay and so I, I say that because in in the pride organization they um whenever they would fight so you would sprawl that would be less of north south and more of sprawling 
Um, but I, you could do it from north south too. But you could knee them in the head mm-hmm. when you're on the ground in pride. You couldn't do that in UFC. Okay, so that's why I'm saying UFC's it's it. It's it's just semantical rules. Essentially, yeah. Because okay. you also have one FC, which um, Demetrius Johnson saw this fight. Uh, he's the former flyweight champion for the UFC. Went undefeated for like seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw this happen in this fight and was like. Honestly, and the way we train in my gym, that's the uh, that's that's just the rule of thumb is always be ready. Uh, so we don't really care if you're if you're in a position of danger, that means you can get need while you're a grounded opponent. It can happen. It, it's you just got to be prepared for it. It's a dirty well, move. Here's here's uh-huh. the funny thing. Uh, he went and fought a month later and got knocked out by a knee while he was grounded. Um, and he, he was cool about it. He said, no, nah, I still stand by what I said. Okay. I was about to say, if you end this with him being pissed off, I, no. yeah, I'm going to lose respect um, for because that. Because in one FC, it's illegal. It's legal. Mm-hmm. Um, in the UFC, it is illegal. Um, and he was like, yeah, I got caught. And what am I supposed to say? You know, I'm, I'm very cool about it. It's no big deal. But the thing, you know, as dirty, like I was saying, as dirty as a move as it is, it's, it's like that it's execution style. What is the absolute difference between just hammering on that dude's face with your fist or giving him one quick knee? So there's, I, I there's could punch a, you ten times or I could knee you once. There's a right? lot of yeah. fighters who have issues with a lot of different rules. The biggest one that people have issues with is the 12-6 to 6 elbow, which is only in place because they would see videos of karate guys elbowing down straight down that's 12 to 6 yeah um on cinder blocks and breaking them and so the people who made these rules said well we've seen people do that we can't allow that yeah and john mccarthy who is a referee he's been around since the beginning he's the reason most of these rules exist um so if you ever want to hear anyone talk about rules don't listen to it if it's not john mccarthy yeah um but he was like yeah and they would not budge off of that one so i said okay how about elbows like this or like this? And they said, you know what? That's fine. As long as it's not this, we, that, it's cool. Um, <laughs> which is, which is, it, it it's makes a, no sense. And not, yeah. not to, not to delve into controversial topics, but it's almost like that conversation that we had about firearms, how you have yeah. these weird arbitrary rules yeah. that, another gun is essentially breaking that rule only like because said, it has a special little piece or it's rifle it a five piece a five inch piece of plastic uh, yes. turns a pistol into a rifle yeah even though it shoots the same correct and then having a revolver that can shoot rounds that would come out of a rifle even though you can't have short barrel rifles but the the barrel's rifled, so yeah. it's fine. So that's the same thing with that elbow deal. Yeah. It's like you said, it's you're all telling semantics. me you're telling me you don't have the same swing and strength from let's call it three to nine, yeah, as you do twelve to six, yeah, yeah. horseshit, um, yeah. And a lot of fighters have a lot of issues with a lot of rules like that, but um, it is what it is. But the main controversy wasn't even really the knee. Unfortunately, it was Aljamain Sterling. And the way he acted, um, he acted very woozy. Yeah. And was just laying on the ground like, uh. That right there? Yeah. Yeah. And stood up and was just like, mm, darn. And he was like trying his best to look upset. And then they hand him the belt and he just puts it on. He's like, mm, darn. And then poses with the belt after. And it's like, 
you, context. You're kind of <laughs> losing me here, buddy. He and then after the fight, yeah, he goes to an after party with his friends and he's holding the belt up, like having drinks. And oh, oh, because that devastating knee really did jostle the old scrambled eggs. Right? Yeah, there yeah. was there was a lot of shit. So he was like, he was in there, and then you could tell he was upset that he didn't want to win the belt that way. That was what was perceived as. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point he, when he was walking out the cage, he even threw the belt off. He was like, I, I don't, I didn't earn this. And then, uh, for being concussed, he still wanted to do a, uh, post fight interview. And so, you which I will get to, I will, let me, let me, okay, let me okay, okay. I'll say, you, let me get to that. It. I'll, um, so he says I'm concussed. So they send him to the hospital cause it was a bad fucking knee. Don't get me wrong. It was, dude. It was, it it was looked, a tough it knee. It looked tragic. You're taking that straight to, he took it to the temple. I mean, yeah. you know, and I'm not going to discredit him for taking that shot. So, he, they send him to the hospital and they send him home. Comes back, you know, Dana White goes and says, um, hey, so, um, yeah, he's not concussed. You know, we just, we're going to just play it by ear and see what happens. And Dana White didn't agree with it either. It was like, you know, this should happen. It's for a title fight. It should have just been a no contest. They just run him back. So, uh, after that, there's pictures of uh, Aljamain after the fight. He's with all of his team. He's with his family. He's taking pictures. He's drinking. And then he ends up saying, like, no, I was concussed, you know, I was uh, I was thrown up all night. And people were saying I was taking shots. He's like, I took one shot with my team because they were proud of me. He's like, even though I didn't feel proud to be a champion. It's like, but you took pictures with the belt. You still had an after party. You're saying you're concussed when the doctors just cleared you of a concussion protocol saying you don't have a concussion. And then, like, like one of the things, like, I talked to Zach about was, like, you know, he kept going. He went on Twitter and he uh, was saying, oh, "I want to fight Henry Cejudo for the belt." You know, yeah. I want to prove that I'm the real bantamweight champion. Which even then, that sense was dumb. Henry Cejudo uh, former was champion. former champion. He retired mm-hmm. after his like he had one defense. Yeah. And against um, Dominic Cruz. Against Dominic Cruz, a guy who I mean, An his last fight former champion. Yeah, who yeah. got who got beat up by Cody Garbrandt, who just fought. And he's um, the guy that Cody Garbrandt did the robot to. Uh, and uh so uh he said he wants to fight him and then after that he says he's trolling which i've spoke on my opinion before on here and it's just like if you're trolling you don't tell people you're trolling you just do it and uh, which you probably know a little bit about that like how those rules go and so uh like do i look like the type that trolls on not trolls but you probably know the the the, the, how it goes with that because i absolutely am okay i I didn't want to be a dick and insinuate that i feel like i already did though but like you know, like, if you're going to say, I'm fucking with somebody, you're not going to tell you, oh, no, I'm just fucking with them. I'm yeah. just fucking with them. No, you're just going to keep doing it and yeah. doing it because you're getting a rise out of them. And so um, now, I mean, we have a paper champion. And, of course, on top of that, Aljamain has a neck injury now. So he'll be out for nine months. So that belt won't be defended. And so that's why I talk about earlier. There's TJ Dillashaw and Cody Sanhagen who won that, who wins that fight next month. They're going to be... Um, fighting for the whoever wins that fight is the number one contender for that title fight between these guys who won't be running it back till probably fucking next year yeah. like next spring ideally. i say have rob fight, fight the winner of that because yeah. you have tj dillashaw who hasn't fought in how long yeah um cory sanhagen who has earned it I keep saying Cody. that's why i knew i was saying his fucking name wrong yeah, it's okay so I, uh, you have cory sanhagen who's earned it uh tj dillashaw who popped for steroids and He's just now coming back. Um, he's another former champion. So it, it's the whole, like, how long, how long do you have to wait for steroids? To leave your system? Yeah. Depends. Well, it depends on how much you get, how, how long you get suspended for, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and he was suspended. So he's coming back. This is his first fight coming back, and he's fighting Corey Sanhagen, who's been tearing everybody up. Yeah. Um, he knocked out Frankie Edgar. And with a flying knee and like what's it forty seconds? Thirty, yeah. Thirty seconds, yeah. and Cor- Frank Yeager was out 
cold. Stiff, which up, dude. no one does that to Frankie Edgar. It, was um, he mannequin? What's that? Was yeah, he a, yes. yeah, yeah. It was bad. I'll, Starched. I'll it, it was like that little asshole kid that pushes down the mannequin at the fucking coals. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly how he felt. I love like ankle roll and everything. I love when that happens. And it you're was just, dirty. You're man, just and, you're just reaching. Just reach. And uh, it was it was bad, bro. It was it was a really tough knockout. And um, but Corey Sanhagen, I mean, before they had a wheel kick knockout on Marlon Moraes. Yeah, but he, like uh, I said, he's earned it. I would say that. Um, yeah, I would say that T.J. Dillashaw hasn't earned it. No, Rob, I don't think he has. Rob Font has earned yeah. at least a number one title or a, a number one. Yeah, um, I, contender I agree. Spot. I, I agree. One hundred percent should be Font versus Sanhagen for the number one contendership because. Yeah, They've Look, already set up this Dillashaw Sanhagen fight, and that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Winner of that fights Font, though. Because I, I don't think they should. Yeah, it's a stiff yeah. man. It's just like with the Leon Edwards Nate Diaz situation. Yeah. If Nate Diaz wins, why why on earth would he defend uh, deserve a title shot other than that fact that he beat Leon Edwards? It just it's not enough to convince me. Um, you know what do I matter though? But um. <laughs> You are Rob, you are YouTube's number one authority on <laughs> on mixed martial arts. Uh, so they say. So they say. Um, and then Rob Font, who also has earned it because he's been beating people left and right. He just beat Cody Garbrandt, yeah. the former champion. So did, him um, and Sanhagen earn it. T.J. Dillashaw hasn't earned it. No, doesn't deserve it. But if he wins this fight, he gets it. I yeah. don't. I don't look, agree with that. Well, and look who. Okay, uh, like I get where the whole idea of him fighting for the number one contendership comes from. Yeah. He was a champion, but then again, look at where the bantamweight division was. All those guys that are at the top with him, they're not there anymore. Yeah. Look who he beat to fight uh, for the title the first time when he fought Hendon Brow, Rafael Sunsau. Sunsau hasn't won a fight in a fucking minute. Yeah. And he has a, who was the last beat? I mean, that's a guy that a lot of people are saying he needs to retire. He needs to call it quits. Well, it's, they've been telling him to retire for a long yeah. time now, and he just—I mean, he's closer to forty. He gets than those anything. wins, and you're like, oh, maybe he doesn't need to retire. And it, then he gets it, knocked it, out, it, and you're like, oh no, it, no, yeah. No, then he gets fucking could face be a case planted. of the uh, trolling. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're telling me to stop. I don't think I'm gonna. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, man, it's just it's weird. Uh, the 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 whole landscape of the bantamweight division has changed. So I don't really think. Uh, TJ should be there yet. I think he should have a couple more fights to prove it because also you got caught cheating. If you get caught cheating, you shouldn't be getting, hey man, here's this win this fight and you can fight for the title next. It's like, yeah. no, that's that's not how it, that works. it doesn't it doesn't feel right. Yeah. It feels almost almost like you you should you should have to take a couple steps and back. People's argument will be, you know, well he was a dominant champion. It's like, yeah, but he was on steroids. Yeah. Do you think that was why he's a champ, dominant champion? He knocked out Cody Garbrandt twice. Granted, I don't think that was the steroids that why he knocked him out. I think he just outfought Cody Garbrandt, yeah. but, you know, but, but then it becomes that that possible doubt that yeah. sits in the back of your head. It's exactly. it's like it's like that kid when you're playing video games and they say out of nowhere a conversation from dinner. You know, you just say it out of nowhere, and it's like, well, now I definitely do think you're cheating. You know, yeah. that kid goes, well, I'm not screen watching, so don't worry about it. It's like I wasn't thinking you were, but now I am. It it makes you stop, yeah. Yeah. take pause, and I go. You just had a jetpack mod on, like, yeah. You know? <laughs> but you you have to stop and take pause and and think like, you know, maybe it was just him getting the best, but at the same time, it still could have very well been, yeah, the roids. Yeah, I mean, somebody who is on roids, I don't question, is like John Jones, like, you know, that dude's. Too gifted to pretend like it was the steroids that got yeah. him those wins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Dillashaw and Garbrandt, I think I agree with you on that. That he is just a more complete striker than Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. Ever was. Uh, 
he's a better kickboxer, and that's what won him those fights. Because like, look what he rocked him with a head kick. Yeah. You know, and it's just like I think if it comes down to pure boxing, I think Cody Garbrandt has the better yeah, boxing. He's got the better boxing, but, but you throw in kicks. Yeah. The and guy that constantly throws, he's just more versatile when it comes to striking. When yeah. it com- his his striking is more dynamic than Cody's ever will be because Cody relies so heavily on his hands. One of the things I liked of when, uh, that made me laugh was when I was watching the fights last night with Jake was uh, he was like, damn, not only does he look like Mike Perry, he fights like Mike Perry. And I was like, that's the perfect way to put that. Mike Perry is a character. The guy from Friends? Um, no, no. Uh, I think you're thinking of Matt Perry. Oh, okay. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that would have been, that would have been a whole lot interesting. And lot. so M- Mike Perry's a character, uh, but we've talked about it before, but I mean, mm-hmm. you might not know who he is, but he's just, um, he's funny, man. He's just wild. But uh, he just, his last few fights, he just stand there, like, especially his last fight against um, Gonzalez, Mike Gonzalez. He has got the uh, face of a tough man. That's for he, he went, sure. Uh, what's it called? He went out there and he uh, he just got jabbed nonstop and just walked forward into punches. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's what Cody Garbrandt did. And it's like I don't know what's going on right there. But I mean, the only time he looked like Cody that whole fight was the fifth round because his coaches finally said, "Hey, do start throwing fucking hooks." Like mm-hmm. you know, threes and fours. You know, left hook, right hook. You're landing with those, and he was landing them nonstop the whole round. And, but it's like you kind of waited so long to go ahead and do that that you have to knock this guy out. Yeah, this is Mike Perry. Right That's here. Mike Perry. Yeah, Daniel oh. Rodriguez, by the way. Daniel Rodriguez. Okay. I was like looking at you and you were like typing. I was like, please correct me because I can't yeah. remember his first name. I was like, I know that, that that's not right. Mike Gonzalez. I was like, yeah. there, there's no one. Yeah. So I remember D-Rod. Um, yeah, Mike Perry is something else. Cody Garbrandt's kind of fallen into that same category, unfortunately. Yeah. That's a mean hook he's got. He's a, yeah, he's been a Muay Thai champion when when he was 13, 14. Yeah. Um, he was a teenager. This dude striking is awesome, um, but it's all a mental thing with him. Yeah. He and can't think, fix the issues in his own life, uh, and that's not a personal attack. It's just what we see. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of stuff going on, and he can't seem to differentiate issues from the cage in his his professional career yeah. so he kind of it, it definitely affects his fighting style yeah. i think the biggest issue in his life right there is his haircut that was <laughs> oh you think that's the weirdest haircut he's had uh, he, had he ends a, up with this very weird bowl cut at some point no i saw i saw it earlier too he, did. he, he had like a it like a like a third grader yeah who wants to grow their hair out, and that's what their mom considers growing your hair out. And so, um, but yeah, man, like Cody, like, because there's a lot, when he he had lost three straight knockout losses coming in, well, not coming in in this fight beforehand, he uh, he had three straight knockout losses, then he knocked out Rafael Sunsau, and they're like, man, Cody Garbrandt, patient, being patient is a dangerous thing. But then you see this fight, it's like, okay, you're being too patient. Like, something's yeah. going on, you gotta, you gotta at least, like, still fall into what got you the belt, you know? And this was Mike Perry's debut in the UFC. And um, so I also think that it's like anybody that questioned his chin at all, because there are a lot of people, there's a lot of talks when he got knocked, knocked out three times. There's a lot of talks that, oh, he doesn't have a chin anymore. Yeah. I think this proved that he still has a chin. He just got caught just right. Yeah. Oh, and then man. there was also. Um, Can you run that back real quick? And so there's also just that whole thing that he, um, I think Ralphon's just a better fighter. I think Cody Garbrandt's very good. But uh, of course, his best performance was against Dominic Cruz. But I mean, yeah. people people act like he's just a shell he, of himself. I, yeah, I don't care yeah. what anyone says. He will be immortalized by his performance against yeah. Dominic Cruz. Yeah, because no one has been able to do something like that to Dominic Cruz. Yeah. I understand that Henry Cejudo finished Dominic Cruz, 
but no one has been able to beat Dominic Cruz at his own game yeah. and taunt him while doing it. And that yeah. was something else. He, uh, it was just a great, it was amazing, dude, watching that. It was just, I didn't expect it. It was just, you saw him really just, that was his um, swan song right there. You know, yeah. it's just, it really was. And he just, he did phenomenal in that fight. And if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend to go watch it. Because there's times he could have finished it, but I think he wanted to prove a point to Dominic too. Was just like, hey, like I'm rocking your shit, and I mean, I'm I'm the I'm the reason why this fight's going on 25 minutes, not you, you know. So we'll see. But other news though, um, the Irish Dragon, Paul Felder, Paul Felder, yep, decided to officially retire in, in the middle of the event. Yep, um, got How to old? do a little speech. 37. So is that uh, old in this sport? Yeah. But yep. also, though, he looks really, really good for 37. Like, if I wouldn't have told yeah. you he was 37, you wouldn't have known he was 37. And some people call it uh, the right and wrong side of 30, which is if you're 29, you're on the right side of 30 in this sport. Once you're after 30, you're kind of out of your prime. Yeah. Um, just because of the toll it takes on your body. But Paul Felder made it look easy. Kind um, like porn. All right. Uh, <laughs> Rob Felder, Pop, Paul Felder made it look easy. <laughs> Who's Rob um, Felder? Man? Rob Fonk. Just kidding. But, uh, um, <laughs> and he, his retirement, <laughs> I guess, kind of, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I, don't, I don't disagree with it at all. He retired in the top 10, and yep. that's something that a lot of people kind of don't get to see themselves do. They fight too long and end up seeing themselves falling out of the top 10. Um but this guy's got a degree in uh, screenwriting and acting, and he wants to be TV. He was in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Who's this? Uh, which one? Paul, Felder. Paul Felder. No, but which one? The uh, Black Shorts. The one Black winning. Shorts. Oh, okay. Just um, checking. Uh, but, yeah, so now he's he's got a job as a broadcaster, and he's making about as much, or... He's making, uh, from what was found, he's making 48000 a broadcast. And usually yeah. he makes... He, Going into the Dan Hooker fight, he was making he made fifty thousand that fight. In and that's that, that's not including sponsors. Yeah. Um, but what you make up for that money with is getting time to see your family. Yeah. Getting time to be relaxed at home, um, which you don't get to do when you're trying to be a, a heavily competitive yep. fighter, which he is very competitive. He's he was making t- a title run basically before he retired. He mm-hmm. did have a loss, but it was on a short notice. He was looking um, really good though. And he looked real good in it. So I mean, this dude has fought with a uh, broken arm when he broke his arm, when he fought Mike Perry, um, he was, he went a weight class up to fight Mike Perry, which he usually fights at 155. He went to one up to 170 and he walks around 170. So it was more natural weight going against a guy like Mike Perry, who struggles to make 170 mm. to where with the next day, you know, Paul Feller's probably 175 and you're looking at Mike Perry, who's probably, 190 and um so he goes in there he breaks his arm then he fights james vick he punctures his yeah. lung in that fight and still goes on to win what? that fight yeah and he, I, he got his lung punctured? yeah he punctured his lung and then he uh whenever Oof. he fought dan dan hooker he uh, had a uh, he had small fractures in his orbitals he also had some uh i can't pronounce it but he had an issue with his kidneys to where the doctors were very worried about it because like what well, it it kind of starts to contaminate your blood yeah. And stuff. He had some issues with his legs because uh, he was. He says feet swell up a lot after a fight because he's constantly because he's just kicking so much. 
and um he didn't even talk about too he even was said he was developing like an eating disorder after he while in between fights because you're able to eat these good foods whenever you're not having to train and yeah. whenever you're you, training you, you kind of kind of lose yourself in yeah. that indulgence he said, yeah he said you eat like two dozen donuts just in one sitting and stuff like he he said he would have like six dude, uh, i was about he, to say that's a regular sunday for me so, <laughs> shit dude i can't even put down three donuts and so he um and so he um he just talks about that and he just said, you know, I'd rather retire too early than too late. And if you want to check it out, I definitely recommend watching his interview. He's a very well-spoken guy. Yeah. Crazy to me that this dude has a bachelor's degree in theater arts. I mean, when you, yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't think that it would come with what he the, does, the, the profession. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he talks about that. He gets to see his wife and his daughter more. He gets to see his dog more. Mm. And, um, I think he said that one of the things that opened up to him was, Whenever he was, um, his mom had kind of brought it up to oh, him because he had. Man. Oh, oh, that was in his wow. debut. That was his debut. That was his debut, and it was uh, as exciting as it as, look, as they come. That man's face. Look at that fucking rat tail, dude. Hell yeah. That man's face when he got knocked out. Please show it. <laughs> and so um, he also talks about. We're talking about the spinning back fist. Oh yeah. On Danny Castillo. Dude is just. Um, and his face freezes up in the greatest way possible. It's just, I, I remember watching this and I was like, who is this guy, man? There's... And uh, so he just, his, he said that even like, you know, before he, he already thought about retiring because, you know, um, and he talked about like, there's a couple things, you know, his mom brought up, you know, that he would have to go hit pads for five rounds at least once or tw- at least once a week. And mm-hmm. so he said if he didn't, he'd be in a really bad mood. And he's like, guys, I haven't been in an MMA gym in like three months. Like honestly, and I'm just hanging out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not mentally there anymore. It's just I don't really want to do this. And he also talked about, you know, um, you know, he's ranked. He was ranked number nine in the UFC rankings, and they had guys they wanted to fight. They wanted to fight like Islam Makachev, who's Khabib's cousin. You've heard of Khabib Nur- uh, before, right? Or no, Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's he's the guy that uh, choked out Conor McGregor. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he they wanted him to fight Khabib's cousin. They wanted him to fight um, Gregor Gillespie. They wanted him to fight uh, Diego Ferreira. And, and let's he, be real, Paul Felder would fight any of them. Yeah, he would. And, and so at any um, moment. And he just said that they didn't excite him. He's like, I don't feel like fighting guys below me. And then he said, he's like, and the guys above me, I mean, they're all killers. He's like, I feel like uh, I could beat them. And he's mm-hmm. like, I, I think uh, on any night, that's my night. I could definitely beat those people. But um, he just said, man, it was just injuries and all that time away from the family. It was just best. But it sucks to see him go, though. I always want to see him at least have the title fight once. He's the last guy to beat Charles Oliveira. When asked about that, he even said, dude, like, look at that fight and look at Charles Oliveira now. How long ago it was. And really for being somebody who's so mentally out of it, like you're saying, and kind of not feeling the benefits of it anymore. Yeah. To see that last fight, he he was fighting like he was you know, midway through working his way up to a title or something. Yeah. You he, know, he it, it really was. He yeah. didn't, he didn't have that, that kind of senioritis look to him. No. Yeah. And, um, in this sport kind of something a little bit, what you're saying is when you're ha- when your mind is halfway out, you might as well just step out because yeah. it's not something that you can halfway do. It, it's, um, it's almost like any job really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but, your job isn't going to hit you in the face yeah, and, the and your is, mind not being there isn't going to, is going to cause you to uh, have your mind knocked out of your, correct. your consciousness. So I, I can appreciate that. And then the fact that that, that was basically finished off showing his debut fight. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to see that he was doing that, you know, debut 
doing the same shit, if not, you know, harder on his last yeah. fight. And he and, had a lot to prove, to, you know, no matter who he found in the UFC, a lot of guys were like, oh, he's just a commentator. You know, he he turns down fights and this and that. And when he fought Dan Hooker, he finally, like he said, he begged the UFC to finally let him fight a main event. They finally let him. And it's one of the best fights I've ever seen. Those guys went out there and they beat the piss out of each other, dude. Yeah. Uh, they both had to go to the hospital immediately after that fight. And like he, he fought uh, Dan Hooker in New Zealand where Dan Hooker is from mm-hmm. and that in uh, New Zealand, they follow their, they do their, they have a strong backing over there. They support their guys. And uh, he fought Dan Hooker and he walked in the booze and he left to cheers and uh, they respected him. They were cheering him. You know, they were, um, they, it was, it was really good to see that they welcomed him and he, you know, he fought his ass off and they were like, nah, man, like that's, that's the fucking guy right there. He, he's got yeah. it, you know? And so, but I think it's just best for him. And when he talks about, you know, retiring too early than too too late, I think that's a testament to what we're seeing now. There's a lot of guys that are getting beat up. You know, he brought up Donald Cerrone. He even yeah. said Donald Cerrone should have retired five fights ago. You know, he has nothing else to else to prove, you know. And now you're seeing Donald Cerrone get stopped in fucking minutes because he's just going out there. He's just stiff as a board, and he's getting beat up by these younger guys. Alex Morano beat the shit out of Donald Cerrone. It's not a knock on him. I like Donald Cerrone a lot. I've always been a fan of him since the WEC, but – there's just something there where it's like, man, you're not really able to keep up with these guys so much. Recent yeah. fighters we've seen get cut is Alistair yeah. Overeem and Junior Dos Santos. Jacare Souza just got Jacare. cut. Both yeah. of these guys just kept losing. Not even um, a week after he got his arm broke. Yeah. You know? Poor, poor guy. So, this um, guy bone. Uh, get it? No, that's that's in poor taste. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh but yeah man style. and so <laughs> right other news uh, I was excited about uh Diego Sanchez has ended his professional oh, yeah. relationship with Joshua Fabio. Yeah. yeah. So um, now it's just a personal one but Let me yeah. uh let me show you the wise teachings of Josh Fabia um who has been the head coach of Diego Sanchez for a while now. Definitely too long. But um, Diego Sanchez has finally dropped this guy from hopefully his life. Um, this guy is just a strange person. He's got this whole thing called self-awareness. Um, and essentially what he goes around doing is claiming that he is a head coach for Diego Sanchez and he demands respect. And I think... I know this. He looks nothing. He's he's like a string bean, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. But, I mean, you know, there are several fighters who are string beans. Uh, well, but, but they command respect because they go in there and fight. This guy's never fought in his yes. life. Um, he's... Yeah, it's him. Pushing the punching bag around and then walking in circles around it. And doing whatever it is he's doing. Yep. Um and let me find the most recent training footage between him and Diego Sanchez. Yeah. Um, you need some uh, late night ASMR. Here you go, man. <laughs> this is this is what you gotta just uh, put your phone face down so the light doesn't interrupt it. But oh, thank God! Yeah, I'm actually gonna. You know, is he? Pu- um, but yeah. So Diego Sanchez. This is what he, he he's a, he's kind of a loopy guy too. But yeah. um, he ended up dropping this guy from his coaching team i hope from his whole personal life in general altogether as well because he's not having success success with this guy around he's not having what success okay i just i i can't imagine um 
And now that he's been cut from the UFC, he's got nothing to lose. So get rid of this guy. Yeah. And start a new chapter. Yep. Just just start all the way back over. Was that was that you bringing in a, a forceful uh, ad reel? Or yeah, yeah, that was an accident. You were gonna you were gonna force raid Shadow Legends but, to give us money. Yeah. <laughs> Please pay for my fucking groceries. <laughs> we are not sponsored. Yet. 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 They sponsor fucking everybody, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No thanks. Exactly. We need Raycon. We need NordVPN. <laughs> we need all of them. I'm really happy um, they called Caleb today. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yo, fucking Chuck Norris water, oh, dude. That I'd shit's also, made in I'd, Texas. I'd Chuck Norris that? water? Yeah. yeah. Chuck Norris, if you hear this, yeah. I will drink specifically that water. Artisan I'll, water. I'll bathe Artesian. In it. Is that how, how the fuck is that pronounced? That's how you say it. Yeah, you did it right. Artisan? Art, well, you said it right originally. Artesian? Oh. Artesian. Um, Artsane? So, um, I misspelled Steven Seagal's name in the last video title on purpose. Who gives a fuck? Even if it was on... Take uh, that, on, buddy. If it was on accident... <laughs> It's it's perfectly fine. Nobody knows. Steven. I don't even think he knows how to spell his name. Um, I didn't. Well, it, it was on accident, but I didn't feel like looking up how to spell it. <laughs> if my mom, if, <laughs> if I was listening to this in my room and my mom walked by, she'd have some questions for me in the morning. <laughs> That's the uh, put some headphones on. Try yourself aware, mom. Get out of here from the Josh Fabia. Yeah, let's clarify that real quick before anybody. But if you like, close your eyes, it could be. That's what I'm saying, man. You want some late night ASMR? There you go, dude. That's their. That's your after dark special right there. So, forty um, year old man teaches uh, other forty year old man how to be self aware by punching him in the face while he's hanging upside and down, kicking him in the ribs. What are you doing, life coach? You know, so yeah, I can I can do that, and I I'll I'll charge less. I promise. If anybody wants to hang upside down, just well, just get punch s- and kick them. I'll we punch can get and you kick some them. Ads going. We can get you on like back pages or some shit. Correct. Well, actually, they should. No. You'll be standing then, there like this, and then and people are like, "Well, what does this fellow do?" Fuck that. We're just gonna get a strictly just a. Sh- we're gonna have him cross arm, but it's just gonna have just like his nose down though, so they can just see the handlebar. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say, "Are you aware?" Are you aware? <laughs> Are you sure? And then you'll hear like a bird. <laughs> and, then well, I, and then I just start beating the shit out of them. Are you going to have them have, let them have a safe, a safe word or no? Think of a safe word. Don't tell me. When I guess it, I'll let you go. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's becoming self-aware. You were the safe word all along. All right. And on that note, we're going to come to a close here. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> about being being a self-aware coach. Um, that's not real. What would your What would your before we before we go? One, we're missing things. You forgot to say uh, uh, Alfie Tassain to your uh, to our German listener mm-hmm. slash listeners or and mm-hmm. or Vielen uh, Dank. Exactly. Wie geht es dir? Yeah, if anybody wants you wanna to show uh, them love, hmm? you want to show them love. I'm always show, I show love every day, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Appreciate it. And there was just one more thing because we're talking about safe words. What Why would you your safe word like be that? if you're hanging upside down, having that man smack you around? I don't know. I'm a no nonsense guy. You, you're looking at me. You want me to answer that question? Yeah. I'm not dumb enough to fucking get be put in that position. Good answer. Yeah. But also very long safe word. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we're going to go ahead and end it here. Uh, thank you to Caleb for coming on. Hell um, yeah. This is a solid two-parter with him. Um, we're really happy he did. It's been great. Um, if you really uh, want to check out Caleb, is there any way where anybody can go check you out, follow you, get your sense of humor going in their life? He set me up for a Yo Mama joke, <laughs> but I'll skip out. Uh, I mean... You can find me on Instagram. Don't post there, but you can check out my old stuff. Uh, it's Caleb eighteen Stevens. You can find me on uh, Tiki Talk. Caleb Fitzgerald Stevens. Enjoy that heap of trash, <laughs> uh, and hopefully, just find me here every blue moon or so. Yeah, I would like to have him on uh, every so often, just to kind of give y'all someone else to listen to, so you don't get sick of hearing us too often. Oh, I get tired of us. Nah, but I get tired of you. I'm about <laughs> five minutes into this show, and I'm sick of myself. That's five for sure. Minutes. About five minutes. But hey, you should remind the listeners that they need to like and subscribe, comment, because that makes it pop up and all that shit, you, and uh, share it. I, I As soon as I y'all uploaded the last uh, episode, I shared it to like 15 fucking people. Yeah. People I, I don't even that. talk to. Thank you. But it's real important that people people share. Share, like, and subscribe. Please leave a comment. 50K giveaway. <laughs> oh, do not forget, we are also on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Um, there's some other ones. Quit listening to Joe Rogan and start listening to us. Who? Schmo Schmogan. Are you, big, are you big leaguing Joe Rogan right now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because we're in the biggest league, a league of our own. All right, everybody. Y'all take care. Appreciate you guys. Bye.